passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts that you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to Clement Kush. Bubba, gone this week. I wasn't going to do this by myself. I wasn't going to do this with anybody else. I said, give me a heavy hitter. So Bubba put me on a text message. Didn't have his phone number because he's that big of a star. Got Brent Hatley for me. We're doing Kush and Hatley. Welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know that I've been a fan of yours for a long time. <laughs> All right, I just want to keep, I want to bring that up just so you know. Yeah, I'm gonna, I just need to mark Thank out at the you. beginning. Thank you. Thank you. All right. What's been going on, man? I didn't run into you at BARP. I just came back on the show a couple of months ago. I know you've been done with radio for a long time. I feel like when I was kind of working, I worked at this business right across or right next to Bubba, Bake More Pies, uh, you mm-hmm. know, um, doing marketing. And like when you're kind of out of radio, it's like out of sight, out of mind. People are like, you must not exist if you're not on the radio, you know? And so I, I always try to check and let people know I actually was existing doing jobs. Mm-hmm. What are you up to, man? What are you doing with your day? Well, I'm not going to answer that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not anything for the public consumption. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm completely done. I, ha- I, I look back on it fondly. I had a great time. It was 30 years of doing the same thing. So um, I'm done. I'm actually very happy with what I'm doing. Okay, so, well, I didn't. I didn't know. I don't know what you're up to. No, like, I know. I know. I know you don't. All right, so I, I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't it's, know anything. Brent. It's actually boring. Is it? Okay. It's actually boring. It's normal everyday American life. Okay. All right. Cool. And you're happy. Oh my gosh, I've never been happier. What do you? What do you? What did you hate the most about being involved with the radio show? Um. So when I first started in radio, um, it was 1993. Um, so you had to write a letter to the radio station or you had to, you know, call in and we had to take your call. It was the, it was in interactions too, were a lot in person. So you'd be at the car lot or at McDonald's right. on Saturday or at a bar on Thursday night. And that's how you kind of meet people. When you met people in person, the interactions were fantastic with people that were, um, fans and, and the people that didn't like the show, basically they just had to like turn it off or <laughs> had to talk about it amongst themselves. Sure. Yeah. So no tweeting back then no, telling you you suck. No, and there was no getting in. You know, think, when I got into radio, there was no even internet. So you couldn't even get online and find out where somebody lives and, and all this other stuff. So um, when it was like that, it was great. And even up until probably 09, 2010, once social media started, that's um, when I started to not, not, not like it so much. And it's gotten to a point now, and I've talked talk to all walks of life of public figures. This isn't just... Um, Bubba or me or Howard or any of these people, it's, you know, I've talked to everybody. Everybody goes through it. It's just these extreme fans <clears throat> are too much. They're just too, they're, they're too much. I mean, and, and not the, not those of you that are good, like the, those of you are excited and happy and, and good. Like the people that you meet at BARP and actually the Bubba fans are pretty good. Um, the, <clears throat> the people that these days in, 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 in the modern sense that have become quote unquote haters, um, they've just taken it way too far and I've just got no interest. Was it? 
because you mentioned the Bubba fans aren't so bad. Was it the Stern fans that kind of wore you out? Yes, and um, it's the Stern haters, and you know, and I, I think kind of just like any politician or any radio host or any uh, any band, almost like the hardcore fans reflect that person, and um, they don't really understand Howard as a human being. They understand what they're hearing on the radio, and he's venting. And they take that as they take on that as their whole persona is his anger. And that's just the angry part of him. They don't know the whole human being. He's right. A, he's a very he's a very layered, deep person. But um, you're hearing a lot of his venting on the air. That's his like almost like his therapy because that's not the way he acts in real life. And these people take it and ah, this is the way they act. So and they haven't been able to figure it out yeah, over the years no. that, you know, that's part of it. So what would you I mean, was it how bad was it with the Bubba fan? Like, how do you compare the Bubba fans and Stern fans are they? Are you, can you not even compare them at all? Not really. Okay. So, so Bubba fans are, for I, lack of a better term, they're more blue collar guys, and um, they've got a lot of shit going on. Like they've got to like make money to pay the rent. Yes. And, like support the kids and stuff. They their their time that they can mess with you is limited. So yes, they did mess with me, but it there was an end to it. Yes, you're right. <laughs> like, Good point. A lot of these people have nothing but endless time. Um, so I, I'm just, I'm, uh, it's fine. You know, they can, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Are you like, off social? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I only have a personal, um, uh, one little personal thing. Uh, it's a personal group on a social media platform where I uh, just have discussions with people I went to high school with. We all, we all know each other in the real world. So those discussions are actually fun and productive. So. Man, see, I love you. You're such, I mean, like, you're such a unique guy. Like, you know, it's it's tough to pull yourself away from that, but also to recognize that that's, that stuff is not good for you at all. You know, they always say, this is, I talked about this with Anna last week. People go, oh, you know, people fucking hate you. You must be doing your job. I'm like, why? I don't think that's the case. Like, I, I if I'm, why am I angering people that sh- should be bothered by a guy talking on the radio? Right, like, that's why, right. <laughs> why are we not looking at this guy who's fucking mad, who's sending me emails when he, you know, should be hanging out with his family or something? Right, right. And and I used to say to people, you know, I'm not elected to anything. You should be spending this much time on your mayor, on your city council, on your state senator, on your on your congressman. You know, the people that are making decisions on how much property taxes you're going to pay. That's what you should be mad at. And those people work for you. I'm here just entertaining you. I'm here to um, give you some escape from all of this. That's it. Did you feel like, and this is, I'm kind of just projecting, I uh, I took a job at K-Rock in L.A. Um, <laughs> last year, went out there. I know those guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> went out there. It was, it was fucking horrible. And I came back, but I took the job. You know, I got out of radio with Bub. I didn't want to do radio anymore, and I wanted to move on. I wanted to show that I could do other things, you know? It's, it was all about, like, proving myself, and I did a couple other jobs, but whatever. Radio's my thing. They called me about it, so, I mean, if LA's fucking calling you, you know, you're, you're going to go listen, so I felt like that was my, I made it in radio. Like, I got a, I got the call to LA. I love alternative music, K-Rock, yeah, legendary K-Rock's station. great station. Yeah, I felt like that was the feather in my cap. I had been trying to work with Stern, tried to work with Jim Rome, but I was like, you know what, K-Rock... Feather in the hat, I made it in radio. Did you feel like that with Stern? I kind of felt like that with Bubba when we first the first time kind of we, we we got one station syndicated, I felt good. But I felt like that with Bubba on our first day on Sirius XM. Oh, I bet. So we were there on the first day as one nine oh six and you know, Keith Olbermann's in the lobby and CNN's broadcasting live and MSNBC's there and Fox News and 
you know, and you see Hannity walking by. It's like there's all these people are there and they're very excited and we're going to be the afternoon show here. And I felt like, wow, I mean, like I'm in the middle of New York City and I, I felt like really I'd made it. And then, you know, later on that day, um, our show had been on for a couple of hours and Tim Sabian comes, the program director of Howard 101 comes busting in that day. And he's got the creator of The Simpsons with him. Who's oh, like, who's like, this is a great show. That made me feel like, wow, like this is a guy who's in comedy. I knew who Sam, I was the only person in the studio, by the way, who knew who Sam Simon was on site. I was like, that's Sam Simon. He's like, they're like, oh, Sam Simon. I go, he uh, created the show you might have heard of, The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you're always so good to have around, man, because you know those things that nobody else knows. So, And he was in there and I was like, wow, Sam Simon just gave us a compliment. And to me, that felt huge. A guy that was... The Simpsons, Cheers, Taxi. I mean, just the, 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 when you're at his house, and I eventually got to stay at his house, like, Jeez. like, the, he's got an office with just the Emmys lined up on the wall. Like, it's, you're just like, that guy gives you a compliment on your comedy. That felt like I made it. And then when I got hired by the Stern Show, it was based on the work that I'd done with Bubba. Like, they were familiar with the work. And, um, that's how it happens, man. Yeah, people yeah. have to kind of know you. I know yeah. they always say you're going to get your next job from the person you know. I'm, I still sit on fucking LinkedIn and Indeed, but it's, it's always through somebody. It's always through somebody, man. Yeah. And that's the thing is, is, um, is it was a great, it was, it was a lot of fun. And radio was a lot of fun. And it's just it, this, this landscape, you know, and Alex Stein was here for BARP, and he was like, hey, you need to do this. That. And I was like, but Alex, my, my heart's not in it. And, yeah. and he, was like, oh, he was like, I got good programming. He's, he's not wrong. I love his bits. I think he is really talented. He is. Doing bits and being funny, super talented. But I was like, this is your turn. You do it. <laughs> I don't, I, don't want to do it. So, um, Do you miss any of the creative? Like, do you miss the creative? Like, do you miss anything yeah. about it? Yeah, well, I, I miss, like... Being able to take things, the thing that I love to do the most is being able to take a story in the news and tell you the parts that they're not telling you that changes the <laughs> whole story. <laughs> okay. That's, I was gonna say, some people miss the camaraderie. Some people miss, you know, the crazy shit that you would do in the studio, all this stuff. But you miss the little parts of the, the story that the news was leaving out. That leaving out. And then I could tell you that parts of the, you know, the parts of that story. And, and then it changes the whole story. So, you know. Um, and, you know, politics aside, but you know, back in back in oh eight, this is an example. Back in oh eight, you know, they're running. Um, people might not remember, you know, the big attack on Barack Obama's. He went to this church in uh, Chicago, and this reverend was anti-America, Reverend Wright. Oh, so I went and looked it up, and I went and looked up the whole clip. Well, it turned out Reverend Wright was quoting somebody else to make a point in that clip that they had cut out of it. Oh, wow. And secondly, Reverend Wright was a Marine and a U.S. Navy corpsman that treated President Johnson. So I was like, I don't think he hates America too much. I think he's just frustrated with the situation in, in Chicago, which anybody would be. And he was quoting someone else in, in a thing. So when you played the full clip, I was like, well, that gives it a completely different meaning and feeling. Yeah, so, that's <laughs> interesting. So that's, I mean, that's the part you, do you still like to do that when you see news stories? Be like, hold on, this is what they're fucking leaving, leaving out. out? Yeah, like, because like, like you talk about, you know, Rachel Maddow a couple of times has done an in-depth story on the, on the Hulk Hogan sex tape. And she couches it as a First Amendment case, which it wasn't. It's a complete lie. The way she handles it is a complete lie. But it's to make her point, which is her point is Peter Thiel's an asshole. Well, I don't care about that. The courts don't care about that. She doesn't let her audience, because she talks about how Peter Thiel paid for it, but she doesn't let the audience know that that's not something that gets considered in court. So the co the audience is left thinking, because the average person doesn't know how the court system works, they're left thinking that, 
um, if you pay for it, then the then that's that has something to do with the outcome of the case. Like the person with the more money is just going to come out the winner. It's just not. It's just not the case. The court doesn't consider it. The jury doesn't know who pays the lawyers. Nobody knows that. But she makes that the centerpiece. It's 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 being able to take stories like that and break it down and go, well, what she didn't tell you is this was a stolen tape and this was invasion of privacy and it was a case about invasion of privacy. So um, you don't get to correct stuff like that. So people have these, uh, you know, and they talk about this border crisis that's going on, right? So there's there's an easy fix, to, a very easy fix to the border crisis. I saw a video on Twitter where there's a bunch of truckers going down to the border. Is that the, is that the solution? No, that is not the solution. Okay, I thought there's it was a, good. There's an easy solution, and any president can do it with one stroke of the pen. All you have to do is end the war on drugs. The war on drugs is causing this whole thing. We have the people might not know. We had the DEA down in Mexico in Central America, and they are the reason that these these cartels have this power and that this extreme violence is going on. It's our DEA is causing this. So these cartels are taking people's children and putting them into these gangs and into the violence. There's basically a three-way war in Mexico between cartels and the, I count the federales, the police is one of the gangs. Oh, yeah. So there's a three-way war going on in Mexico with the DEA stoking it all. If we would end the war on drugs and bring our, what is our DEA doing in other countries? Get, get them out and get them back to the United States and let these countries do their own thing. Their economies would thrive. The violence would subside. And and, and and they would stop coming and, over they here. Would stop, they would stop. People are like, oh, they're sending their children to the border. Well, what would you do with your kids if you have a three-way war going on? When your kid gets to about ten or eleven, is going to get taken to the Zetas cartel. Like, what are you going to do? Putting them on a train to the United States seems like a better option than that. Right. And that's where they are. And that would end if we would just end the drug war. This is an eighty-five billion dollar war on our own people. Like, but they've been losing every every year it's been existence, yeah, right? Like that old that old Bill Hicks uh, bit that he does. He's like, "There's a war on drugs, and drugs are winning. <laughs> <laughs> drugs are undefeated, man. Drugs are, drugs never lose." And, and with that in mind, the 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 tool that we're using to quote unquote combat drugs is um, that is um, the tool we're using to combat drugs is the wrong tool out of the tool belt. So in Portugal in 2001, people were like, oh, that's a small country. It's a Western democracy with millions of people living there. That's a pretty good sample size, if you know anything about sample size. Man, you're so fucking smart, man. I got, I just, I know you got all that sports knowledge in there too, man. You just, do you ever feel like your brain's just heavy from all, all the information you've stored I, over the years? Yeah, I'm just interested. But it's, you know, in 2001, Portugal decriminalized all drugs. So they were having a crisis of, of overdoses, overdose deaths. I mean, just the, all kinds of societal problems. So they decriminalized all drugs because they were at, just at that point. So that was in 2001, what we were, 2024. So you got 23 years now of data. They are now last in Europe in drug overdoses. They are last in overdose deaths. But then it had a different ripple effect. Property crime went down. Gang violence went down. Teen pregnancy went down. Like all of these positive societal things happened. And even the cost of living in Portugal went down. You can Google now. The cost of living in Portugal is so reasonable compared to the rest of the world because they ended their drug war and they kicked these people out. They were like, no, we're, we're done. And it, 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 it also there's a general stress that comes down off of you in society if you don't feel like I'm going to go to jail for smoking a weed or snorting coke or whatever, doing whatever you want for you, whatever reason you want to do it for. If you don't feel like you're going to go to jail, it's just that general 
ease comes over society. And I think that um, what they did in Portugal uh, should be an example for the rest of the world. But the problem is this. Like, it's, like I said, in America, we spend $85 billion. You know, there's a prison guards union, which is that lobbies for, to keep more people in prison. Kind of fucked. There's, you know, the prosecutors have a lobbying arm. Prosecutors have a lobbying arm. To what? To prosecute more people? For what? All of this goes into, uh, you know, these private prisons. Um, when they have a contract with your state or the federal government, they have to be 95% full. <laughs> so to keep them 95% full, they have to arrest you for bullshit and put you in prison for bullshit. And, you know, um, I was I saw an interview with an old-time prison guard from Attica. He was all the way up until about 75, 76. He was a prison guard at Attica, which is a big at max security prison in New York. And he said, you know, in the 50s, even the 60s, people would come to prison and they felt like they, eh, you know, as part of their job, hey, I'm a bank robber, I deserve to be here, or I'm, I did this, I deserve to be here. He said it was when people started getting put in prison in the 70s when Nixon came in for drugs. Yeah. When people started get, they felt like it was unfair. And Caged they did, animals. They didn't belong there for doing something to themselves and they felt like it was unfair. And he said if you could see the rise in prison violence as soon as they started putting people in prison and they didn't feel like they should be there. Do you have all right? Now, do you have any serious political aspirations, or do you have any aspirations? To, I know, like, a poor example, but it's the only one I know of. Kim Kardashian was fighting for you know people to get out of jail early, and all for you know I don't remember if it was weed or things that they faced. Like, it seems like it was drugs. She, she was a drug. For drugs. It was drugs. Yeah. yeah, it seems like that's something that you not only have knowledge about, but you're passionate about. Is there a job or something that that interests you in that arena, or just something that you're going to still just kind of pay attention to from the sidelines? I would love to help, but it's just it it, it, it it's futile. You're up against you're up against a lot of lobbying money, a lot of lobbying arms, and you know when you get when you get to a guy that might consider ending the war on drugs, and I'll give you one on the right and one on the left. So one on the left would be Barney; he would have ended the war on drugs, and the one on the right would have been Rand Paul. I mean, he even said when he was running for president against Trump, he said, "I I, I would I'll 100% end the war on drugs." And when you get those two guys, watch what happens to them. They just get treated as kooks and idiots, and they have the, the people with the right answers are the ones that are treated like they're crazy. That's what's frustrating about politics for me is like, you know, you, you have to be on the red team or the blue team. And, and some of their assertions are just ridiculous on their face. Like, well, I know they thought if you know, you legalize weed, people are just going to be smoking weed up and down the street, which is not really the case. No. So, but I don't know if they think that means you're going to legalize ecstasy and people are going to be rubbing each other in public, you know? Like if they legalized heroin, I wouldn't do it tomorrow. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you're doing heroin, you're still going to do heroin. Right. As long as you can't walk into a 7-Eleven and buy heroin once you turn 21, yeah. you like, know, I think you're good. In Portugal, what they do is you can go to a doctor, they prescribe it, they give you the right amount, and a clean needle. Wow. And a place to do it. Nice. I need to get my insurance and a little copay down in Portugal. Yeah. So, well, for they have, quote unquote, socialized medicine, so you can go see the doctor, you can get your heroin, you can, but it, their society has gotten so much better. Um, you know, and, and you, you think about the logical fallacy in this. You did drugs, we're going to make your life better by putting you in jail. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, how am I going to change? It like, doesn't even make sense. It's going to make you feel worse. It's going to make you, like, when you get out, you're going to be even more depressed. You're not going to be able to get a job. It doesn't help at all. It's a, it's a, it's pretzel logic. And, and, and the other example I give of, <laughs> of pretzel logic and, and politics, and this is the perfect example of how insane we are. So you talk about the vaccine, right? Trump is the one that pushed the vaccine. Trump is the one that pushed the vaccine through. Very hot-button topic on the show, I, by the way. It is, it is but... But but hear me out. This is so weird. <laughs> Trump pushed the vaccine through. 
But if you get the vaccine, that means that you are anti-Trump. And if you don't get the vaccine, that means you love Trump. But he's the one that pushed it through. And it's driving him crazy because he doesn't get credit. Like like the thing. It was called the Trump vaccine, wasn't it? Because did he have his initial. Operation Warp Speed was his operation. And it's driving him nuts because he doesn't get credit for something that actually he actually did push it through. He like anybody that got the vaccine and thinks the vaccine's the bomb diggity and all this other stuff. Trump is the one that pushed it through. He's the one that pushed everybody to get it done. And now if you get the vaccine, that means you don't like Trump. I, I, well, I mean, Brett, I mean, Brett, they know I got uh, I was here. So I was here in 2020, you know, when everything, you know, really started hitting the fan and everything. And everybody calls me a snowflake pussy on the radio. I've never, you know, pledged my allegiance to anybody on the air. You know, I'll make jokes about anybody. But uh, I got vaccinated like four years ago. And all of a sudden, yeah, I'm a fucking snowflake who loves Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, look, I just didn't want to die. I haven't I haven't I didn't get the booster. I haven't gotten anything since it was just at that time. I just, I felt like I needed to do that, you know? Uh, well, I got the vaccine because I needed it to go to the Kiss concert that was coming because they were checking cards. Real? It was one of those deals? It was one of those deals. And I was fine. And I got the first dose. And then I got, I got COVID, like, uh, it was the Delta variant. I got it so fucking bad. Oh, man. I got it so bad. And then Dr. Diaco, give you credit. Give him credit where credit's due. Dr. Diaco raised me from the dead. He and saved me. He, he is, really did. He is touted, as you know, Dr. Dan, not trying to tell anybody. Maybe his brother was being his hype man that day. Like Doc, Dr. Dan treated like, I don't know, either 50 or 500 somewhere. He, he, in between. No, he's a, he's almost at 500, 500 that he saved. Like, with his, he's got a concoction. He says, take it just like I tell you. And I mean, the first dose, eight hours later, like I was up and it felt better. It's starting to feel better. And five days later, I was negative and back at it. It completely obliterated it. It was, it was, it was pretty impressive, but I was in bad shape after that, after that first shot. Man, there's a a whole lot of stuff here I want to talk to you about. So I want to write that down. All right. Something, like I said, I just came back to the show and, you know, I found out about Brandon the Quad and Caitlin and OnlyFans and, I've been begging somebody for a password. You know, no one's given me the password. Then, give me your email. I'll send you. I'll send you. I'll send you. I'll send you. <laughs> no one will give me the password. No, seriously, but no one will give me a password around here. Um, somebody, I think, had emailed me a couple clips, but I didn't watch. How did this? How did this whole thing come to be? I wasn't on the show when it happened, and and what did you, you're in Caitlin's discussion about? You know, finally okaying to hook up with Brandon the Quad. Well, um, a couple things. One. You know, we talked about swinging on the Stern show, and when we started doing a Twitch show, a, a, people got a hold of her and said, you should do an OnlyFans, and she asked me, he's like, would you be upset if I did, like, nude pictures on OnlyFans? I was like, oh, no, I would. of course not. Um, So she did it, and it's, like, blew up. So she's it turned into a business. One of the things she likes to do is kind of be a surrogate and help people out medically, and when I came to her and asked her about Brandon, I was like, like you know, Brandon's a good dude. He's been calling the show since like 08 or 09, and he's, Did, ne- he's never had sex. And she's like, Psh, I'll hook him up. And she actually now, she likes Brandon, Brandon's mom, and, and she's she's happy to be able to do that for him once a year. Great family. I mean, love the family. He's yeah. got a great sense of humor. I yeah. saw him uh, at Tate's Pizza that night. I think I saw him Thursday night. I shook his hand. He's like, oh, you don't want to shake that hand. I was like, you fucking pervert. I was like, don't do that shit with me. I walked out of there in disgust and sanitized <laughs> immediately. So how did it go? How did it go this time? Are you, and you, you film it? Yes. Okay. All right. So how is, I mean, what did, when did you learn how to do that? Was it just a skill you picked up? Did you study it? Like, when did you learn how to film it? Because there's a, 
it was like an art form to it. Yeah. Oh, true. Like you know, shooting. Like I, I have a lot of experiences with cameras. I used to work at at Home Shopping Network. I mean, <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. I used to drive the robotic cameras and run the robotic cameras because they they are they don't pay five cameramen for five cameras. They pay one person to do five cameras. Right. So, um, I did that for a couple of years, and so I've got a lot of like professional experience with cameras. And Bubba used to do a segment on Channel Ten and that I used to frame and all this kind okay. of stuff. So, but you are right. Shooting and editing porn is a different thing altogether. That's, uh, you know, I got really got really good at, um, and I am really good at Premiere Pro at this point. I'm a Adobe Premiere Pro video editing because of editing porn and shooting porn. It's very difficult. So it's a, it was a lot of trial, trial and error. My very early stuff is not very good. <laughs> um, <laughs> but now it looks, it looks, it, her page looks and Fantastic. that's you said that's a full on business right now. Yeah, for and, and she's and she, you know, I, uh, for a long time I was um, involved, heavily involved in doing it. But she's kind of taking it over now, and she's got a team working with her, and she's she's off and a running. team. All right, yeah, she's off and running. She's really got a she's really got a good business going. Man, that's a, I'm je- I'm just jealous of that stuff. Having fun, you know, not having to go to some nine. Well, to she fun. puts in a lot of hours, more than you would at a normal job. See the the thing is, where do the hours come in, Brent? Tell me, because so, I only see the fucking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the shooting, that's you know probably two, three times a month. But the rest of it is, you've got to do social media posts. You've got to post every day on OnlyFans. You've got to inter- answer your OnlyFans. But she answers all her messages personally. So she you know um, does that, and you've you've got to. There's a lot of um, like you have to be there for the fa- like you have to be, be there for there. the fans or. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with an eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash, with all the parts that you need at the prices that you want. It's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Or you'll lose them. Yeah. Or you'll lose them. She's there. She answers messages every day. I mean, and she like, the you know, thinks about does her graphics and how she's going to edit the video and what she's going to put where. And she's got, you know, OnlyFans, Loyal Fans, uh, Fansly, and Minivids. So she's got four adult sites plus all her social media she does. She does, she, she's got, she's got a lot. She does Man. a lot of work every day. Was that, the, was that ever the plan or just turned into that? It just kind of turned into that. And she's just got a mind for business. Like she's a business person. Like she did commercial real estate before this. So she's got a mind for business and 
to her, it's it's a business, and she's um she's really enjoying it and, and working hard at it. So it, it works well. So I believe that the uh, brand of the quad video is up on Caitlin. No. no, no, this year's isn't up. Um, so there's so last year's is up on Bubba's OnlyFans. Okay, and the year before, I believe, is on Caitlin's. But okay, th- this year we told Brandon we may or may not post it. Okay, all right, just, it's, it's, it's not up. What was uh what was different about the second time around? Either for you, I know you can't probably speak for Caleb. But what was different for you the second time the, around? The second time was because we he, she's done three times. So the second time we brought another girl and gave Brandon a threesome. Oh, there was so, three. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, so. Oh, this year was supposed to be this year there was supposed to be three, but uh, there was you know it's that time of the month for the other girl, so she couldn't make it. But Caitlin um, was great. She was fantastic. She, and Brandon and, and and you know Brandon. Um, you know, he gets to have sex and have a good time, and, and and everybody deserves that. You feel good. You feel good about that. Like, I do. I actually do. Yeah. I, everybody deserves that. Brandon's a good guy, and like he deserves. I agree uh, to have sex. No, I agree a thousand percent. All right, let me get your opinion because I don't want to hold you here too long. Because I really do appreciate you coming in. Uh, quick uh, hits, real quick. Uh, obviously, I know you're a Gators fan. Tell me uh, your feelings on Nick Saban finally leaving Alabama, or does it not matter because Georgia is the king of the South now? Well, I mean, it's going to be it's trouble for Alabama, but it's been good for Ga- the Gators. The Gators have gotten. Uh, you know, Alabama had a freshman uh, five-star corner who's now committed to Florida, who's coming to Florida. I think uh, there's another player from Alabama, I believe a linebacker coming. So Florida scooped up some of these Alabama players, so that's good for Florida. And I also think it's going to be good for football. Um, I think, you know, Alabama's dominance, uh, and now with Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC, I think it, the SEC is going to be wild. In a 12-team playoff, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get wild. And I think Georgia's lost quite a, uh, a few players to the to, to the portal including a pretty high five-star quarterback so um i think george is going to come back down to earth as well i think it's i think you're going to see i hate to say this i really hate to say this i think you're going to see ole miss have a huge year really year. Yeah. is that lane kiffin still is it lame kitten is yes so he's, the, <laughs> he's the coach and he's number one in the portal he's got a huge record recruiting class coming um, their problem this year was defense. They just didn't have any defense. Like, they, had they had any defense at all, they would have beat Alabama. But, Do they still have Jackson Dart? Is he their QB? Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and uh, then they're they've just got, they've just cleaned up in the transfer portal, and they've they've cleaned up in recruiting. But he just needs a defense. He's got he's got a great offensive system. He just needed a defense. Any kind of defense, they beat Alabama. Who knows how, how far they would have gotten if they would have had a defense? But I think Ole Miss is going to have a big year. What do you think about the portal? Because I feel like Hate it. it Every aspect of it, not every aspect, but I, I here's what I hate about it. I hate the the fact that young people, eighteen to twenty two years old, get to quit at the drop of a hat instead of working through it. Because you know, I know that the military is different, but in the Marine Corps, I think the valuable thing that we learn <clears throat> is when you have to work through some tough things. Sometimes it turns out better on the other side, and quitting doesn't serve you well as a human being. And I think that like the perfect example, and this has a little bit to do with a portal and a little bit to do with, with coaching and parenting, what FSU did, like we didn't get selected for the playoffs. So we're going to cry and take our ball and go home and leave their brothers out to dry to get beat 63 to three on, on national television. That was not a good look. Like I would never do that to one of my Marine Corps brothers. I don't care if they're one of them. I'm staying with him. Are you talking about like the guys that sat out? The, that guys, going to the like, guys that just I'm opting out of the bowl game because we didn't get picked for the. Oh, playoffs. like Keon Coleman and yeah, uh, Jared Verse and yeah, stuff. Yeah, okay. we're gonna cry and go home. Like, no, come on, dude. Like, finish, finish, get across the finish line. I I hate this culture of quitting because that is not going to serve them well at all, at all, at all as a human being. It, like sometimes sticking to it and, and working through things is where you grow as a human and become 
become better. And look, there are a lot of guys that will end up, you know, and you read about them all the time, that will stay, you know, somewhere at a college for five years, and then they don't play until that fifth year. But, you know, they're ready. Now you see there's a quarterback that goes somewhere. He finds out he's not going to play, and he goes somewhere else where he can play. And you still – he's trying to get in a situation to where he can further himself. You know, do you still look at that as quitting, or do you look at that as someone just trying to look out for them? It would depend on the situation, but a lot of times I think that you should, like, okay, you're not starting – Go compete. Get better. Yeah. Get work on your game. Get your game better than that. But you know what the thing is, though? Once a guy hits the portal, you know, like uh, Cam Ward from Washington State. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah. him at oh, all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, he at the end, he hits the portal, and then he's getting wined and dined by Rick Ross down in Miami. Florida State wants him. Everybody wants the guy. And then he goes, I'm going pro. Like, it's just like there's so many different things that you can do with the portal. But when, the, I, when certain guys go in the portal and they're big enough, it's like they're it's like they're getting recruited all over again, except this time with money and with, you know, gifts and with all these certain things. So I think it's it's something that I'm not necessarily saying that everybody goes into, you know, their college or the football team going, I'm going to hit the portal. But I feel like when you do, it's a chance to get courted like you've ever been courted before. It is. It is. I, I, and that feels good. Absolutely. Yeah. It feels good. Also, I I just think that that, that at that age, just out of high school, you need you're still not ready for that yet. Okay, you're not ready. There's a reason that they don't let people go from high school to the NFL. You're not ready for it yet, and I think that a little bit, uh, four years of discipline and four years of learning some more lessons before you're before you're there because it, it's a lot of them. You're gonna I think think you're, everybody's gonna see a lot of them are not gonna turn out well. And 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 go look at the go watch the Johnny Manziel documentary. <laughs> Oh, no, I heard that's depressing. It, oh, it's one of the best documentaries I've ever is seen. Is it really? His honesty is what makes it. Like him being, he's completely honest and tells you everything that was going on. He didn't give a fuck, did he? No, and he tell and he tells you that he he wasn't going to practice. Like, you know, and, and people, I could see in the games, you know, I got in arguments with quite a few people. I was like, he is not going to be a good pro. I can see Mike Evans is bailing him out. Yes. At Texas A&M. Every throw, I like the throws at Mike Evans' feet and he catches it. The throws over his head and he catches it. That's not going to work for him in the pros. Like I can tell, his mechanics are off. He's just—he doesn't look great. He's just—he's just, he's just a, a talented athlete. He didn't never converted it to skill, and he pretty much admits that. Could he have though? Do you think he yeah. could? He, he been... would have worked at it. It takes work. You have. Yeah, he has the arm. He had the speed. He could have been as good as Russell Wilson, hmm. but Russell Wilson worked at it. Russell Wilson put in the effort. You even talk about everybody's like Kobe Bryant. You know, he's LeBron and Michael Jordan. All three of those guys. People are like, oh, they're the most talented ever. He, Go look at how much work those guys put in away from the court, away from everybody else. My, especially, I don't know about LeBron. I'm sure it's the case, but I know for sure. I've seen it. Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Oh, Kobe, they, the they sorcerer. Worked, they worked five, six hours a day on their own in their own gym. That's why they were so good. It was their level of dedication. Yes, they're talented, but when you get to the NFL, and even when you get to like big-time SEC college football, there's a bunch of guys that are at your talent level. It's who is going to work and who is going to convert it to skill, and that's why Nick Saban is the greatest coach ever in college football. He tells these guys, enjoy the process. Nobody's job's guaranteed. Enjoy the process. And he makes them work to convert it into a skill. And that's the difference. If you rely on talent, your talent's going to let you down. When you convert it to skill, like Nick Saban does with his players, that's when it's going to serve. This is well. a fucking smart guy. Now you just mentioned FSU. What did you think? Would you know mixing with politics when uh, I don't know who the hell else it was Ashley Moody or was it uh, no, Rick yeah. Scott? And they're they're going. We want answers. I mean, how 
I think even even FSU fans were embarrassed. Like, yeah. what? How bad of a look was that? That your tax dollars are going to people. I know there's money on the line when you go to the to the playoffs and everything, but they were taking out time to try to get FSU in when it was already a moot point. <laughs> yeah, I saw some. I even saw some like hardcore conservatives that would support them saying uh, we have a house home insurance crisis in Florida. Yes. I think that you should maybe be worried about that and not college football. It's just crazy <laughs> what people will latch on to to try to you know placate for, to, for politics. Yeah, it's th- like listen, it's not going to make a difference in our lives one bit if FSU gets into the playoffs or not. But how much you pay for insurance on your house and, and property taxes, that's going to matter. Yeah. I'm fucking poor, Rick Scott, okay? Help us out over here. Uh, I want to get your opinion on two more uh, pop culture figures, man, and then uh, I'll let you out of here and go do your mysterious job that you're up to. <laughs> uh, tell me what you think about the Vince McMahon stuff that came out. So Vince McMahon, uh, much like Michael Jackson and Donald Trump and um, some <clears throat> some people I've been around, is uh, what you'd call in psychology a narcissistic uh psychopath he's a he's a megalomaniac he's he's a malignant narcissist and um, does that get does that something that like snowballs or you can get worse as you get older oh absolutely okay you absolutely get worse as you get older because this was some sick shit right yeah I mean, uh, yeah yeah and and vince i've heard the rumors uh for years about vince i had i've had my probably one of my best friends in the whole entire world that's ever lived is test uh, and i'm still like he died he passed in 09 and i'm still not over it like i i i i, I loved him like family and, and he was the, from lutz right or something no, he was like, from toronto toronto okay. he's from toronto uh and you know i was friends with edge and christian and jericho and all these guys and we used to all go hang and stuff like that but um vince did not treat them very well and anything that vince does is about vince because again he is a megalomaniac now stephanie is wonderful and the, the company, she looks like it too. And the company has done so well because Stephanie has, has Stephanie and Triple H. I got to give him Hunter credit as well. The, the two of them have done very well. Vince McMahon, um, for a long time, was great at running WWE, but his he is consumed now with his own uh, ego and, the, and and his own needs and whatever he feels like doing. And I think that that's it's a it's a huge problem uh i you know this is the second time that he's resigned but i think this one's going to be 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 pretty contentious i'm just I, it, because you're you are a smart guy like how do you get to the point brent where you are i mean he was i read some of the text messages he's talking all kinds of nasty shit apparently was certain days she was supposed to hook up with other guys in the office and he would have her then allegedly you know he offered her up to brock lesnar and she sent him these videos of her urinating like how do you get to the point now i know he's in his like 70s how, <laughs> You're running. You just had this huge merger. Like everything, it's nothing is going better for you than right now. How, how do you get to the point where you're consumed with sex and power? That tells you everything you need to know about that personality disorder, because it's all about feeding his ego, and that's all. And that's all that people that are megalomaniacs are capable of is feeding and protecting their own ego. That's it. That's that's the and and part of the having power over somebody like that is part of that personality disorder and. Um, the one thing that you can, the one thing that you can predict with a megalomaniac. Now, lots of people are narcissists. That's different than in this level of being a megalomaniac. Like I said, Michael Jackson, Donald Trump, Vince McMahon. Those are the cases that I can. MJ Kelly. Those are the ones that I can. <laughs> <laughs> those are the ones that I can point to. But you, what you can always predict is they're going to crash and burn. The only question is how much damage are they going to do all the way down? And look at all of them. Vince McMahon. Look, January six. Yeah. Michael Jackson, it, they always crash and burn. Always, always. But 
you just don't know how much damage they're going to do and to who on their way down. And that's 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 what you can always predict with those people. Man, I just, well, I'm glad I got your opinion on that. that. Was good. All right, one last thing here because everybody hates us right now, but I'm dying to see what you think. Do you have an unnecessary hatred towards Taylor Swift? No, not at all. Not at all. Okay. Um, uh, a very hot topic right now. I mean, people want her off the fucking TV. <laughs> I don't know why they're not watching. But that's football. not her fault. No, it's not. But it's not pl- her fault. She has the right to go to the game and support her boyfriend. The TV putting her on, that's their fault, focusing on her. That's not her fault. And, you know, she's to a level of fame that would literally make me puke. I would not want to be uh, where she is. I mean, so, the, probably the biggest star in the world, would you say? Easily. Yeah. Easily. I know people say the football. a couple of football players are up there, but, I mean, I don't— Taylor's- I mean, you'd have, to, you'd have to know— Soccer, uh, yeah, Ronaldo. That. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I, I know. I, I, but I'm a soccer fan. Yeah, but Taylor Swift, m- biggest star in the world, most recognizable. So also, she's going to get this kind of weird heat. But she has the right to be there and to support support her boyfriend. And like, why not? And the media is who's to blame for putting her on. She's not asking to be on camera in the private box. She's there with friends and family. Uh, people are acting like she's running on the field, you know, like that Andy Reid got her to be the new kicker or something like that. I did think it was cool of um, Kelsey's brother, Jason Kelsey, to pick up a, a, a young girl fan and bring her up to the booth to say hi to Taylor Swift. And Taylor Swift was gracious and talked to this girl. I, I, I met Taylor a couple of times. Oh, awesome. So uh, for my wife being top 40 when we worked over at Cox, she was at Hot 115. So met Taylor Swift, I don't, man, I don't know, 10, 10, 12 years ago as a group. It was a meet and greet like I haven't experienced before, Brent, because you know when you go in, the band's sitting at a table, they sign your shit. You're standing in a room. She walks in. You know, and she's talking to you like, you know, we're talking right here. She goes, so she walks up to me. And she's like, oh, you look cool. Now, that's something she does. That's something where she goes and she meets somebody and she picks out something on them and she talks about it. She's programmed. She knows how to, like, make you feel seen. So I did that. Then we saw her at Ray J, uh, you know, a few years later, not this not this past time, but when she was still able to meet people. And because remember, her and Travis Kelsey got together because Kelsey wanted to meet her and she wasn't meeting anybody before shows. And then she found out this hot football player wanted her. So, yeah, I met her. You talk to her like and she makes you feel seen. She makes you feel like you're the only person in the room. And that's why she's a superstar. Yeah. And and, and look, more probably, like, listen. I congratulate people on their success. I don't hate on it. Like, it's great. If, you know, she had a dream, obviously, to get to this level and she made it. And she, and again, she worked hard at it. She got there. People don't see the work that she's put in behind the scenes. Strawberry Festival 09, people. She played the fucking Strawberry Festival in 09. And there's like those old videos. Like, she's standing there. There's like three people. She's got a guitar. And they're on their plan. Yeah. Like, hey, she put in the work. She paid her dues. And she's wildly successful. I'm not going to hate on her for that. But you are right. Uh, Jason, Adding Jason Kelsey into the mix now that the Eagles are done and seeing him at the games. And, yeah, when they were at the game in Buffalo and he brought that girl up to Taylor. I mean, and obviously his wife was very embarrassed by the whole thing. But they all, they all seem like they're great people. You know, I, like, I don't know in 30 years if we're going to see, you know, Vince McMahon-type text messages from Travis <laughs> or Jason Kelsey at all. I sure fucking hope Probably not. Probably not. I mean, I'm sure we're going to see those from Antonio Brown anytime soon, but like, definitely not those so guys. So he's a guy... <laughs> I think he's even beyond. Uh, I don't think. I think that he's got some level of schizophrenia. I think that it's past CTE. You think? I think that CTE exacerbates it for sure. And but I think that he's got an actual because narcissism doesn't mean you're insane. It means you have a personality disorder. I think that he has some mental illness. Antonio oh, Brown. God, yeah. And um, I think that the NFL didn't do him any favors by keeping him to put him on the field and not getting him to a doctor because he really needs some psychiatric Brent, help. he's a fucking mess. I know you're not on Twitter or anything, man, but he is. I mean, he tweets out shit. He's still talking shit about Tom Brady almost every day. I mean, it's just... It's it's it's, un- it's mentally ill. Yeah, I mean, it really is. I yeah. mean, knowing 
knowing at least what we know that Tom, you know, stepped out multiple times to bring Antonio Brown to New England, to bring Antonio Brown to Tampa, and then he turns around and starts trashing the guy. I mean, publicly too. It's just, it's just crazy. But it, the, it's like when Gruden was coaching the Raiders and called him to try to get him to come back to practice. He he plays Gruden's phone call like Gruden, like it was something bad. Gruden's like, "Hey man, you're a great football player. Why don't you just come in and play football?" I was like. Bro, that doesn't make Gruden look bad. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Gruden's making sense on the phone. He right? is. Uh, I hope. I hope that he gets some help or goes away. I hope. One I, of- I, well, he really does need psychiatric help. He does. He does. He's 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 out of control, and I just don't want to see him hurt himself or hurt somebody else. That's that would be that would be horrible. Antonio, listen to Brent. Okay, he's giving you some messages. Hey, look, they they came, there comes time where we all need uh, help. Yeah, mental health. Absolutely. Uh, and it's so, and I, I think that in this country we need to stop with the stigma around going to see a, a doctor for your mental health. Just it's a, it's their injuries that you don't see. What about the stigma of taking medication? I don't think there should be any stigma to your metal, men, mental health at all. Now, some of the psychotropic drugs, like I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. I mean, I, I just see the side effects on the commercials on TV. And it doesn't look great. Um, I'm so, on a, I'm on a couple of them, but, and but that's but yeah. if, but you're doing it with a doctor, and, and and you're seeing a doctor, and I think that it's good that at least you're going to see a doctor about it you know i get my health care at the va and um i didn't know what to think at first because i heard horror stories but um a combination of presidents barack obama and donald trump have made the va like the best health care experience i've ever had awesome They're, they you know how they get paid they get paid based on our reviews of how satisfied we are that's how they get their bonuses they get their bonuses on their number of star reviews from the patients and the, the, when I say it's different is when I see the doctor there, he makes decisions based on what's good for me, not what the insurance company will approve and not a drug that he's trying to push. So there at the VA, I don't get drugs pushed on me. Wow. I get... They're really looking what, out for you. I get, okay, we're putting you into a wellness program, an exercise wellness program. We're putting you here. Here's a dietary program. Here's somebody that you can uh, talk to about um, nutrition and medications and how to manage pain without, without pain pills. It's all been a just a wonderful experience and i'm more healthy than ever and i just wish more people could have this experience does the va frown upon marijuana use they do okay unfortunately they do but but the doctors themselves will tell you listen i can't tell you to do it but i really don't have a problem if that's you know because i told them you know i'm honest with my doctor you know i i use you know thc and psilocybin to manage my ptsd and my stress and it works well for me he's like well i can't condone it but Good. He wink, gives you a wink, little... nudge, nudge. Yeah. Like, like at the VA, we can't tell you to do that, but. All right, good. But psychedelics are not addictive, and they're not, they don't form that physical addiction, and it, and it, and it helps calm the stress. All right, one more question. For, are you on, you talked about like, you know, wellness and stuff like that and, and health and exercise. Did you get pushed in that direction from your doctor? Because, I mean, you look great. Are you on, I mean, no, what, it's, what it's are you doing? Right? I decided to do. So in 2023, so I sp- spent the whole year all, uh, just transforming I was overweight. <laughs> I was not eating healthy. I'm right. I'm kind of right there. I was drinking too much, all that stuff. And um, I pretty much, you know, on occasion I drink, but pretty much I don't drink. And um, I'm eating more healthy. Uh, uh, I've been exercising quite a bit. Um, so, and I'm getting back to it. I was had a small injury from exercising that I'm over now. But dude, it, you look. I'm telling you, man. You look. I mean, people can't see us. You look good, man. Like you look youthful. Like you don't. You don't. You don't I look feel like better. You don't look like you've aged at all. It's just. I mean, yeah. And you feel better. That's the best part. I feel better. I feel healthy, um, uh, mentally and physically. I really, really do. And 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 life's good. And I look back on my career in radio, like with extreme fondness. 
All right, I'm going to – this just because you're, I've been looking at your nails for this whole time. Now, Cole Beasley, a former wide receiver of the Bills, tweeted out the other day, what's up with guys painting their fingernails? Caleb Williams, quarterback of USC, uh, had his fingernails painted. Now people think he's going to be a bust because he painted his fingernails. Can you just tell us why you do it? I have no issue with it at all. Oh, I, I know you don't. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Looks cool. It's that simple. No, I just – I personally like it. Like That's where I'm at now is I'm doing things for me that I personally like and – that's just like the same reason I get tattoos. I like it. Yeah, just put some beat guys. It's black, okay? It doesn't have bright red or anything like that. What should my Bears do at number one? Trade the pick? So, no. Here's what they should do. Oh. They should trade Justin Fields. Oh, man. And pick the quarterback from LSU. That guy. Jaden Daniels? That guy is unbelievable. He's unbelievable. Did you watch any of his four oh, games? Oh, yeah, yeah. But it- he's unbelievable. Like, he has... One slight move and makes a defender. You think he's a surefire can't miss? Yeah. Oh, yeah. More so than Caleb Williams. Way more so than Caleb Williams. You look at their game tape. Okay. So, I mean, you would. And look at the defenses they're playing against and look at their game tape. Well, so Caleb would go number one overall. They wouldn't have to draft. uh, I mean, they could trade down and probably still get him if they want to. That would be a good idea. But 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 what what I always believe in doing and, and what I want the Saints to do every year, and this is something that Bill Belichick believes in, offensive and defensive line is top priority. Yes. Because you can have above average to good players in the skill positions, but if you have a top-notch offensive defensive line, you're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, there was a year for a while there where the Saints were drafting like Sheldon Rankins, and I mean they were drafting. Uh, they're they're, they're going to they're going to have to take an offensive line. Yeah, there's a sure. couple. There's a Peyton Turner. I know he yeah. didn't necessarily work out, but I mean Sean Payton was all about you know beefing up those lines, and I mean you thought it was all about Drew Brees and you know Alvin Kamara and Marquise Colston back in the day, but you know they had solid line play. And I've seen that. That's why I think the Bears should trade down, get an offensive lineman, get a wide receiver, and you know. Try Try to bulk up that offense for either Fields or a quarterback but, coming but, in. But that's the thing is, I think that would be the best thing to do is if you if you can trade down and get the number one tackle. Yes, that's that helps your team immensely because offensive linemen and defensive linemen, for the most part, if the, that high of a level can play right off the bat, quarterback takes time. Receivers year one can't they're hit or miss, but yes. they, they could. But mostly rookie receivers are going to contribute a little bit, not a lot. Rookie running backs can play, but but they're short lived. They're going to be four or five years. Offensive linemen, man, you need offensive and defensive line because football is about two things. It always has been and always will be blocking and tackling. And it's not sexy, people. We know you get an <laughs> offensive lineman, you can't put him on your fantasy team. You're not going to get his jersey, but you got to have two big motherfucking book, uh, you know, guys on the bookend. You got to have some guys, you know, up the middle and all that stuff. And uh, you know, as I'm getting older and a football fan, I can see that. So load me up with some lines, Brent. You got anything to promote, man? I know you're doing just uh, Caitlin Hatley, K E T E L Y N Hatley, H A T L E Y dot com. One stop shopping there for all her stuff. She's got it really. Um, the, she's got her website. Tighten up. She actually did that. Did that all herself too. Really? Her website's tightened up. Everything's ready, good to go. So go to caitlinhatley.com. You can click on any of her links there, and she will. You can even message her. She'll get back to you. Brent, dude, I really appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming by. Thank you. Awesome. Have a great day, Seth. You too, man.